Today we're looking at all the latest headlines from Arizona football after their spring showcase, and we're examining that with Mike Luke of Locked On Wildcats. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view if you're watching on YouTube every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is your number one source to stay up to date with the latest news in the Conference of Champions every weekday, which is why you should like and subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching the show if you haven't already. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts i am joined today by mike luke of locked on wildcats because we're going down to tucson here on the show to discuss all things coming out of the football program down there mike good to have you my man yeah spencer nice to meet you my man like ready to rock and roll yeah absolutely that's the fun part about this business for us is like you just meet people just hop on do a show boom let's go he's got the you you got the arizona a in the background i I know you're ready to rock and roll and i'm sure uh the people are as well so uh, let's go into the spring showcase. There, there are plenty of things to take away. I think some people, you know, might overlook them generally and say like, ah, you know, what can you really make of it? It's a scrimmage. It's this, it's that, but you're getting an insight into what the coaches see kind of day in and day out. So, you know, one of the takeaways for Arizona right now is the momentum they've got on the recruiting trail and uh, in the transfer portal a little bit mm-hmm. as well, who we'll definitely get to with, with Jaden Delora, but there just seems like there's more talent on this roster than there has been in the last couple of seasons for Arizona. So uh, coming out of the spring game and, you know, spring practices now being over and whatnot, everybody getting towards summer vacation, what would have kind of been your, your biggest takeaways uh, from a roster perspective for Arizona? Well, you hit the nail on the head that there's certainly more talent uh, than there has been in recent years. But, you know, when there's on when you're on a 20 game losing streak, um, you know, that's all relative, I guess, at that point. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it starts at the quarterback position. Last year, obviously, you had Will Plummer and Gunnar Cruz. And that, quite frankly, just isn't going to cut it that those are more NAU type quarterbacks. And so Jed Fish brings in Jaden Delora, who is the previous Pac-12 freshman of the year at Washington State. And uh, brings in Noah Fafita to compete with him. Now, Delora is going to start. Um, and uh, the things that stick out immediately about him are is that he gets the ball out very quickly. He's got some pretty good snap on his uh, release. And um, he's not tall. I, I will say when I stood next to him, I expected him to be about six foot. He's about 5'10". But, you know, in college, it, it doesn't carry quite the stigma that it does, obviously, in the NFL. So the quarterback position, obviously, is where you're starting with. And that's certainly replenished. And... I will say that if you didn't know who was who, most people would probably think Noah Fafita was the better quarterback, but I'd still be surprised if Jane Delore isn't getting those first snaps for a variety of reasons. Yeah, I mean, he was just so successful for Washington State a season ago. Had him in the mix in the Pac-12 North. They won uh, the Apple Cup by a historic margin for Mm -hmm. Washington State. I I personally was pretty shocked when I saw that he was in the portal. And I, I was not surprised that he stayed within the Pac-12. I don't think he had a, a feel because of, you know, the the physical traits that, that you were just talking about of, you know, going to a, a Big Ten or an SEC. Right. Maybe a Big 12 could have been in there, but he just kind of feels like he's a, a West Coast kid, fits well, knows the conference, knows how to win in this conference. And that's what Arizona is certainly looking for 
right? It's just to, to, to win. Just, just, just win. Somehow, some way, win some games. But with Delora coming in, I, I think it's a great addition because you know what you're going to get there, whereas it's been a revolving door the last few seasons, you know, going back to when uh, Khalil Tate was the quarterback. That, that's kind of the last consistent starter Arizona's had where Wildcat fans, I think, even felt semi-confident about right. who was going to be the signal caller. But now Delora slides in there, and I think that's plenty of reason to feel optimistic about who the quarterback's going to be this year. And it's nice, too, because it's not like you're relying on somebody who doesn't have a track record. I mean, you've got a track record of, like you talked about, a guy that you know can play and that he put up big numbers in the Apple Cup game. Um, this is a player that uh, if he um, – if he, uh, you know, if he puts up 3,500 yards and 25, 28 touchdowns, I don't think anybody should be in the least bit surprised because, quite frankly, he's done it before. Different offense, obviously, but they brought in some really, they brought in some really nice receivers to complement him. So, assuming that he's good to go, this should be a, this should be a significantly better offense there, Spencer. Yeah, and I just think you have a guy in Delora who also brings sort of a presence about him to the locker room, right? It is when you're a program that hasn't been winning games and that has been just so downtrodden as Arizona has been. I mean, they've been the bottom dweller in yeah. the Pac-12 over the last several seasons, and it hasn't, unfortunately, for the Wildcats, been close. I mean, even Colorado has been ahead of them, and Cal you know, has had some low moments but still has overall been ahead. And so I think having a guy who you look at and say, all right, he, he's won some games here in, in this conference and knows what it takes to do that and is able of being productive enough but also leading his team in a way that, that's going to allow you to to be more competitive. I, I think it is a really good thing. And, yeah, you know, he, he's the transfer of the name that stands out when you're talking about the talent upgrade. But what, what other areas of this roster do you think are going to be, you know, dramatically improved from a season ago? Well, wide receiver, you go from having one of the worst receiving cores to one of the best, at least on paper. I mean, you and I were talking about it before we came on. Uh, Jacob Cowan comes in from UTEP, who you know caught for almost 1,400 yards last year. And then you're going to be able to pair him with uh, Tatora McMillan, a five-star wide receiver out of California that, depending on the service, was one of the two or three best wide receivers in the entire nation. Um, you generally don't get players like that at Arizona. And to have both of those guys right there is going to be, a, I think, a really nice fit. And then you've got some other guys that uh, you're bringing in. you got a multitude of four-star kids, a Kean Burnett, um, a Kevin Green, who's a USCD commit. Um, and then you bring in guys like a Dorian Singer, who, was, uh, who played really well last year. Wide receiver has received a huge talent bump right there, Spencer. And if you're looking at last year's Arizona team and the one in eleven season that you know every Arizona fan is trying to forget, right? right? If you're looking at that and thinking about how they can get better, do you think it was more offensively driven a season ago? You think of a game like uh, the loss or the yeah. the win against Cal, right? You only allowed three points, which is great, but you only scored right. ten as well. Do you think it was? More offense, more defense, or do you think it was kind of you know both sides playing the part there that that led to a, a tough year for the Wildcats? Well, the offense was definitely worse than the defense. Um, the defense was kind of middling, kind of your middle of the pack, pardon the pun type uh, uh, group. <laughs> but you know, and there were games though where you would only, like you lost to NAU, where the defense only gave up ten points, I believe seven or ten points. I mean that you you can't lose in situations like that. But it just seemed like it just happened time and time and time again. Um, now there were games when the defense, you know, basically broke because that's because you just don't have a ton of talent back there. 
Um, but uh, overall, it was an okay unit. The problem, though, was the offense. Is the offense just couldn't score points for the majority of the time, and you wondered a lot of the time what you know, what quarterback, what the quarterback's looking at, because especially if you're up in the press box, you could see wide open guys, and you know, especially with Gunner Cruz, he would take a two yard sack or he would throw it eighty yards out of bounds instead of passing it to a guy up, you know, in front of him for eight yards. So. Um, the the offense was a major major problem, and I think significantly a, a significantly bigger problem than the defense was there. Even though the defense certainly wasn't good, I think there's one more question we have to answer when it comes to Jaden Delore, which we'll get to after I remind you that our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. Major League Baseball scores, go Mariners, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. One question I think Arizona fans should be pondering in, in a very reasonable way about Jaden Delora is he's won a lot of games. He put up some some great great statistics as a freshman comes in arizona there's plenty of expectations there right but the right. offense is different than what he had up at wazoo where they've you know even the post mike leach era they've kind of stayed committed to the air raid approach with, with jake dicker as their their head coach now former defensive coordinator so galora coming into this arizona system should arizona fans expect that he's going to be as productive at least statistically, as he was up in Pullman when he makes the trip down to Tucson because they're not running the air raid like the Cougars? Uh, it's it's That's a great question. Um, I, I, I don't know that I would expect that, but Jet Fish is a guy that certainly has a good offensive uh, reputation. Um, he's been an offensive coordinator multiple places. Uh, Josh Rosen, take for what it's worth, swears by him. Um, and so, but again, it's not going to be that kind of quick hitting offense. Honestly, I don't know exactly what to expect, to be honest with you. Um, but I do think that you should see significantly better numbers, obviously, across the board. But as far as kind of playing in that Washington State type offense, no, you know, I, I certainly don't see something like that. I think that's that's probably pretty unreasonable. And um, any Arizona fan that's expecting that's probably a little bit misplaced. Yeah, I think it's just a, a different philosophy of sorts, right? A little bit more pro style, a little bit more conventional and run heavy, whereas the Cougars are you use the pass to, to set up the run game. Mm -hmm, very much so. They, I, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, you're good. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say we're going to move to three players who, who earned playing time during the, the spring game, spring showcase, so whatever you want to call it. Uh, before before we get to those three individuals, I, I, I was prepping for the show and reading some pieces from, from guys who cover the team. And I, I wanted your opinion if you agree that this is, you know, kind of the, the vibe that was there. But it felt like it was a little bit more about the football and actually trying to to work on things on the field that, than in years past. That's kind of the vibe I got. And when I watched it, that certainly – or watched the, the highlights back of it, that's certainly the way it looked. You know, you weren't seeing a bunch of weird trick plays. You did have the one uh, the, the one pass to the former women's basketball star in, in the corner of the end zone. Right. But on the whole, did it feel different than past Arizona spring games? Um. It not really, mainly because, I mean, there, there was certainly more talent, but a, lo a lot of it was gimmicky. But at the same time, though, you could tell that there were certain players that they want to give the ball to. Um, offensively, uh, Jonah Coleman was a running back out of Folsom, California, that they uh, that Arizona, 
uh, featured to start the game, and they gave him the ball early and often. You generally don't do that with a true freshman unless you have a pretty good idea that they're going to be playing some major minutes right there. So it was, uh, I mean, it was a little bit better than obviously last year, mainly because I don't think Fish had any clue what he was dealing with. But Jonah Coleman is certainly a player to uh, keep an eye on in that regard. Um, another guy to keep an eye on is Kean Burnett. He uh, was originally committed to USC, high four-star tight end. Um, he caught the first pass of the scrimmage where, you know, he's a big dude. He's about 6'5", 230, kind of boxed out the linebacker and then took a, a touchdown hitch uh, for the next uh, – for a touchdown uh, later on in that drive. Um, he's certainly a guy that will – I would imagine will get – significant playing time. I'm not sure he's going to start because of the physicality of the position, but um, he, uh, you know, he, he was, he was really, really good throughout, throughout camp and in that game. And then, you know, that third guy is, uh, you know, you could go back and forth between whether a Hunter Eccles um, on the defensive side who uh, seemed to get a sack every practice, but another guy is Noah Fafita. I keep bringing him up, but you know, he was, he was the best, he was the best quarterback in that spring game. Now you could say that he was going against the second team guys, whatever the case may be, but there's something a little bit unique about him. I mean, the reason that Arizona got this recruiting class was essentially because of him and all of his buddies uh, that he played with at Servite wanting to follow him. But those were, you know, those are three or four guys that really kind of stuck out to me. Spencer's guys that were either going to get playing time or certainly are on the precipice of getting it. Yeah, and one guy who we mentioned earlier as well is Jacob Cowing, the the UTEP transfer. What what do you think Arizona can get from him this year? Because he had a tremendously productive season last year for the miners down there in El Paso. What what do you think Arizona has in him, and how do you think he'll be used in the offense? Um, I think you use him every way. He looks like an NFL receiver. He's not huge, so that certainly is a little bit different, but he's about 5'11", 190. He's a guy that I think you try to use every way you can. You try to get him the ball. You try to get him on screens. You try to get him off slants. You try to get him off deep curls. Um, I don't know that there's really anything that he can't do, and I think that uh, you're certainly expecting him, or at least Arizona fans should certainly expect him or Tatora McMillan to – be catching for around 900,000 yards this year. Um, I think if things go well for Cowing, I think he looks at, uh, he, you know, he projects as an NFL player, and I think he wants to get to the league sooner than later, and I think Arizona certainly was able to sell him on that at least. Yeah, I think after a, a really tough offensive season like we uh, alluded to earlier in the show, the idea of having T-Mac on the outside and then cowing in the slot. I think that's at least a, a good base, certainly with Delora at, at quarterback as well. But uh, Fafita, pretty highly rated quarterback recruit, and Delora comes in with three years of eligibility left. So what's what's that dynamic looking like in the quarterback room? Because you see this a lot now with right. uh, the one-time freebie transfer, right? Everybody's wondering, like, well, if this highly rated quarterback recruit doesn't play soon, then is he just going to to transfer? Is that something that's on the minds of, of Arizona fans right now in the program? Um, you know, that's a that's an interesting that that's an interesting question. I don't know exactly. I think with a guy like a guy with uh, like Delora with his background, you're going to start him because I mean it looks bad politically too if you've got a guy of of that of those credentials who doesn't um, you know who. Uh, who do, who comes in and he doesn't start? It's very difficult to bring able to lure in other transfers. Then when you say, "Well, the Pac-12 freshman of the year got in here and he didn't start," so um, he's going to start. He's going to get every opportunity. But Fafita, I think, is certainly going to uh, 
trying to lay claim to that second spot. And, you know, it's kind of the, uh, the Wally Pip role that, you know, you certainly don't want to get hurt if you're uh, – uh, Delora, because I think Fafita's got the ability to be able to snatch that starting spot if he does get that opportunity. Yeah, what what have you seen from Fafita so far? True freshman, right? Yeah, true freshman. Uh, football comes naturally to him. His problem is he's 5'8 or 5'9. He's a little dude. Um, but his arm is more than good enough. He can navigate the pocket. He can get out. He makes good decisions. And you can just tell the players feed off of him. There's a confidence level around him that not a lot of other players on the team have. And you know, it's kind of an overused term, but he kind of has that it factor there, Spencer. And uh, um, I would uh, I would be surprised if he didn't get meaningful snaps at some point this season. I, I don't think it's overused at all, the term it factor, because when guys don't have it, it's pretty evident. Yeah, and you're just asking sure. yourself, like, well, he's got all the physical traits and he's <laughs> not produ- – and, you know, you can – Why isn't this working? Up. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like so, something is not clicking there. Right. And it's usually that that it factor that no one knows about. For some guys, the lights go on and everything starts to move a little bit slower. You can make better reads and you're able to be a productive player. For some guys, it just doesn't work. There's one transfer that I do want to ask you about. It came over from USC and might boost the defense. But first, I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. I just received very recently my birthday cake puffs, and I've literally never had anything like them before. You bite in, and you have this wonderful kind of frosting-like outside, and then you have a protein-infused marshmallow on the interior, and it's birthday cake flavored. Absolutely fantastic. I don't know if you've had yours yet, Mike. Oh, I have. It's fantastic. You're like you said. Oh, my gosh. They they are amazing. 150 calories, 16 grams of protein. That's all you need to know, everybody, along with the traditional Built Bars. You can get them all at Built.com if you use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Uh, the other transfer I want to ask you about is uh, Hunter Eccles, who mm-hmm. has been pretty impressive in, in the spring overall. But I think he comes in with with a good deal of hype. It, now it's going to it's only going to be one year in Tucson. Right. And he, he already played uh, for for four seasons at USC. Mm-hmm. But for a program that's trying to move in the right direction, how impactful do you think he could be in one season for for that defense? Ah, that's a great question. Um, he, he should be good. I'm always re- I'm always hesitant though about guys who have come from other schools that really haven't done much in three or four years. Um, it's a little bit different, obviously, at USC because a lot of times you have first and second and third round picks in front of you. Um, but he's been fantastic. I mean, you could make the case that he's been their best uh, player on defense this in this entire camp. He's been he's been that dude. Um, it seems like he gets a sack pretty much every practice in the spring game. He did nothing to alleviate that. Um, you know, that, uh, that optimism, I, you know, I, if you're Arizona, I think you're hoping that you can pencil Hunter Eccles in for eight or nine sacks this year, because Arizona hasn't had a guy like that in quite a while that was able to do that. Um, you know, he's made that kind of impact so far, Spencer. Yeah. And defensively, Arizona was not great a season ago. It was better than the offense, but that's like saying you have a vertical that can, you know, jump over a one foot high bar. Like that's right. Like, yeah. It's like, what are we talking about right here? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But you know, you know, something that, that Coach Fish was asked about after the spring game was uh, was turnovers because right. a season ago, Arizona was last in the FBS with a minus 17 turnover margin. They didn't force a lot of turnovers last spring, and then they didn't force a lot of turnovers in the fall once the season got underway. Then they turned the ball over too often. Now they've got a new defensive coordinator with Johnny Nansen coming over 
from UCLA. He was their defensive line coach over right. there. And the Bruins didn't have a prolific defense themselves. So what have been the early impressions with, with Nansen as the DC and what are your expectations for him? He basically, I mean, he came in, he said he wanted to be aggressive. Uh, Don Brown last year's defensive coordinator was fairly aggressive to kind of mix results, but it was still a better uh, defense than we had seen, uh, you know, the week we were used to seeing in, uh, in previous, uh, in previous years. Um, Nansen, I think needs to do a lot of that. Um, he's also going to, uh, he's also going to be, uh, that main recruiter, he's, uh, you know, he's going to be tasked with recruiting. And so it's kind of a twofold type thing with him where he's got to be able to show he can put a competent defense on the field and to be able to recruit. I mean, he's, he's got a lot on his plate, um, but this is his first time, you know, in this position. So he should have a lot of, uh, he should have a lot of, um, you know, motivation. I'll put it to you like that. <laughs> yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, I don't think it has to be immediate this year where it's a dramatic one season turnaround and Arizona's got a top three defense in the conference, but you have to start having things start to move in the right direction, right? Because when, yeah. when you're down as a program, you're looking for signs, you're looking for things to hold on to where you can say, okay, this is something that, that we can build on here. And, and Arizona has been doing that on the recruiting trail. I mean, they brought in a top 25 high school class this year now their composite rating drops a little bit when you factor in the transfer portal but the fact that they're having success on the high school trail is a really encouraging sign for jed fish and that entire coaching staff so is that having a, a different feel around the program now that you know obviously you're gonna have a bunch of true freshmen come in only a couple are gonna play but you just got to start to build those classes one on top of the other so uh, before yeah. we get to kind of expectations for for this season, what, what's it been like seeing those recruiting numbers pop up and Arizona fans suddenly look around going, hey, hey, that's pretty good. That's what we need. Well, yeah, it's crazy because you're normally you're used to having a recruiting class. that's going to be somewhere in the top or, you know, somewhere around 50, whereas now it's like in top 25 and you're beating out USC and Oregon for players. You know, a lot of people don't even know exactly how they're doing it, what's going on. But, you know, you're certainly going to take that. Um, it's. Uh, it's, it's been unique. I'll put it to you like that, Spencer. Arizona fans are not used to generally having this kind of a recruiting success. Yeah, and it's something that you have to do, right? It's just a part of, of oh, yeah. college football. I, I've always kind of lamented the the narratives about coaches like, oh, well, he's just you know winning all those games because he has better players than the other side. Well, in, co in the NFL, that's one thing. But in, in, in college, recruiting guys is, you know, 70% of the battle well, here. Well, right. Yeah, and just being able to dominate the the, the opponent and like that's right. that's a huge that, that's part of your job. Yeah, that's a yeah. Hu that's a huge part of your job. That's how you assess someone as a college coach is right. how is he as a recruiter? Like even if he's really good on Saturdays with X's and O's, if he can't bring in the guys to compete with the other teams in his conference, it's not mm -hmm. going to matter. And I think Jed right. Fish still has a lot to prove with regards to both of those areas, right? Because he has to right. bring it on no Saturdays doubt. and start to win games. But so far. I'd say the early re recruiting results are, are are pretty darn good. Oh, I mean, they're fantastic. He's he's been an A plus recruiter so far. There's no way there's no way you can minimize that whatsoever. There, Spencer. Yeah, I, I I agree, and I think that's you know more than half the battle right there. Now you have to be able to maintain that over a couple seasons to be competitive, but it all starts with the first one. It looks like this is very much going to be that for right. Arizona. I mean, you look at a guy like T Mac. Oregon fans were really excited about the potential of getting him, and instead he he goes down to Arizona, who. And that's probably a place he's going to stay now. That he's got Jaden Delora there, so they've got this offseason momentum in the recruiting cycle. How many wins do you think they need in 2022 
to keep it going, right? If you're going to bring in, let's say, back-to-back top 25 high school recruiting classes nationally, how many wins do you think Arizona has to have this year? Four or five, because I think at that point, you can really show that, okay, first year it came in, 12-game losing streak. Uh, You know, we won one game. This year we won five. Everything's kind of going towards year three where we can get eight or nine wins. And then year four, I've got all my own guys in here, and hopefully we can get nine, ten wins. So somewhere in that four or five range, they got a really tough out-of-conference schedule. But they should be able to win some games because the Pac-12 South isn't exactly brutal. No, I'd say the South is tougher than the North, though, because you look at the South, you've got UCLA, USC is going to be vast improved, and of course you've got Utah, and then Arizona State, who is trending in the wrong direction, it would seem, on the recruiting trail, is still coming off of an eight-win season last year, and Herm Edwards has consistently been in the seven to nine win range. So I think they're actually in the tougher of the two Pac-12 divisions, but do you think getting to the four or five win mark is feasible for, for where this program is at with its roster. Yeah, I, th- I think it is. I think honestly, I think ASU is going to be awful because they've lost, they've lost 30 scholarship players off their that's team. Um, and these are good players too. So I think that's a game that's very winnable. Colorado is very winnable. Um, I don't really see SC or Utah being winnable games, but you know, UCLA, you could maybe get, um, there, I think there's three or four, or I think there's about four wins to be had in there. You should be able to beat North Dakota State, but again, they're probably the best Division II school in the country. So, uh, you know, when I when I look at the schedule, though, I, I think you can I think you can realistically say you guys should be able to win about four games this year. I'm okay with that. Does Arizona have Cal on their schedule? That's a great question. Um, well, we're gonna we're gonna look at that right now. That's how prepared we are for for this right. particular line of questioning. Let's but yeah, North, North Dakota State Arizona. at the FCS level, that is the premier power. They're the Alabama of FCS football, and for I sure. get that it's a step lower. But if they went FBS, that, that's something that has been considered for for a long time with with North Dakota State. That is Arizona does get Cal, by the way. They, they do have Cal. Again, that's that's a win. I'm not saying it's an easy win. I think Cal's in a slightly better spot. They're off of a five-win season, in which they ended really strong. They had Jack Plummer from uh, Purdue to come in and, and probably be their starting quarterback. And you know Wilcox is going to have a well-coached defense there. But if you're looking at winnable games, I, I'd say Cal is in there. Colorado is in there. North Dakota State is in there. I agree with you about, about ASU. And then if you can find an upset win somewhere else that sort of, you know, grabs some headlines and gets people's attention, if you beat, a, a, you know, a, a USC or a UCLA or a Utah somewhere, I, then I, I think that would do wonders for the program. Oh, 100%. If they can do that, because then you can show it's not just promises. You can show what you're building on the field. If you can do that, then that, like I said, that takes away a lot of concerns there. And I think it makes it even easier to sell recruiting. Yeah, well, the season can't get here fast enough. You can check him out on Twitter at Iron Mike Luke. Appreciate you coming on the show and talking all things Wild Wildcats, man. Right, for sure. I appreciate you, my man. It's great getting to meet you. And uh, yeah, we'll be doing this again soon. Yes, indeed, we will. I appreciate everyone listening or watching. I'll see you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.